Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this beautiful day, and um, I pray that we be able to um, be to open our minds and uh, listen to Pastor Tony right now as he's um, here to teach us more about you. I pray that we all grow from this and develop leadership skills, and um, I pray that we will all be able to stick through in the end because this all requires discipline, all, all to the glory of you. And this is my prayer. Amen. 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 All right, so if you notice on the top of your handout there, guys, our 11th character quality we're going to talk about this morning for a little bit that's, again, foundational for us doing our part to man up uh, is the topic of courage. So, uh, again, I think that a major component, if we're trying to make that effort to build into our lives foundationally a stable and inspired course as a man is understanding the importance of the need to exercise courage as men and Courage is defined as the ability to do that which frightens you. Let me say that again. It's the ability to do that which frightens you. So courage, contrary to the way we think sometimes, is not the absence of fear. And I think a lot of times that's a mistake we make that we think that courage means that we don't get afraid, that we're super brave. But it's actually the willingness to face fear and to push past your fears to still act or to do the right thing, even though you may have an intimidating pressure or fear that you're struggling with in order to do the right thing. So it's not this false macho image that, you know, I'm a tough guy, nothing scares me, I'm a man, I'm not afraid of anything, this kind of false bravado sometimes, and we can all do that as men, but we want to kind of act like nothing makes us afraid, we never struggle with being intimidated by anything or anyone Just because we're men does not mean that we're not going to face certain fears. That doesn't mean that we're not going to be afraid. In fact, some men may be a lot more brave, maybe even in regards to, let's say, a physical threat or physical fear, maybe than a a woman would. But then by the same token, I see a lot of men who are a lot less brave and a lot more cowardly in regards to being afraid to deal with other things. Uh, And they don't have the courage or exercise the courage to face their fears in other areas. So there's going to be things that are going to frighten us at times. That's all part of being human. So this isn't the issue of nothing makes me scared. I don't get intimidated by certain things. I, I don't struggle with getting nervous or being fearful about certain things. The truth of the matter is we cannot truly exercise courage unless you're experiencing fear. That's the whole concept of what courage is. So if you're not afraid of something, it's really not courage. Courage is when you actually are feeling fear and struggling with, you know, being intimidated or fearful, and you actually are able to push beyond that to still act or to do the right thing. In fact, the first example that I gave in our our handout this morning is from Joshua. And if you remember from the Old Testament, Joshua was a military commander. So Joshua experienced literal military conflict and combat in ancient warfare. And if you notice, one of the things that was different in ancient warfare as concerned with uh, compared to modern warfare, right? In ancient warfare, these were guys who were rushing against each other on fields of battle with swords and spears and bows. So it was very close contact. You weren't standing back half a mile away pushing a button and launching something from a safe zone in ancient warfare i mean these guys to me had some real steel on their backbones they were running with masses of people 
in these crazy battles. You ever see movies of some of this old ancient warfare, swinging swords and hand-to-hand combat real close. So you had to have a degree of bravery and stealing your backbone if you're asking me to run into the middle of something like that. So I just say that to give you the picture of some brutal combat that Joshua was a part of. And Joshua was an experienced military commander. He had faced a lot of combat. And now at this point in his life, in chapter one of Joshua, he's facing the next circumstance in his life where he's about to take over leadership from Moses And he's going to take the responsibility for the children of Israel to lead them into the promised land. And this is something that he's never done before. And it seems that it's causing him fear. And he felt intimidated. He's about to step into doing something that he's never done in his life before. Can you relate to that a little bit? He's about to, for the first time, do something that he has no experience doing He doesn't know all the details of what's going to happen and what it's going to be like. And if you look at Joshua chapter one, verse nine, it's the first verse in our handout there. Listen to what the Lord says to him. He says, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. Now, this isn't a rocket science question, but when God says to somebody, do not be afraid, what does that imply? If God says to you, think about this, if God says to you, don't be afraid, what that implies going on? It's going to be weird, but just trust me, just trust me, it's going to be weird. Trust me, bro. Listen, God's saying to somebody, don't be afraid, what does that imply about what the person's dealing with? There you go. There you go. That's why I said it wasn't a rocket science. But being afraid, right? If, if God is saying to a human being or God is saying to me or you or God is saying to Joshua here, don't be afraid. That implies no matter what front Joshua was putting on in front of all the rest of his military troops around him and everybody else looking at him from the outside, God could see, I can tell on the inside you're terrified right now. You may not admit to everybody else you're terrified. You may not acknowledge to the rest of the group around you that you're afraid. You may be keeping it all together in the outward image, but God's saying, I can tell on the inside you're afraid. So let's be honest about that, God's saying. And God says to him here, Joshua, have I not commanded you? In other words, Joshua, isn't this what you know I've told you to do? You know I've told you to do this. You know this is my will for you. So he says to him, be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid or dismayed. The Lord is with you wherever you go. In other words, he's saying to Joshua, look, Joshua, I know you're afraid, but I want you to be strong and exercise courage. And what do we say courage was? Even when you're afraid, pushing through the fear, pushing past the wall of being afraid and still going forward and doing the right thing. So again, courage is when people are legitimately afraid. They feel concerns. They feel worries but they're able to overcome fear. They're able to manage their own fear to a degree where they're able to not, listen, not let their fear stop them from taking action. And that's what fear wants to do. Fear wants to paralyze us in our life. And a lot of people get paralyzed, right, by their fears. And fear wants to keep you paralyzed from moving forward or taking action or doing the right thing. Courage is the ability to manage that fear, to then move past that fear and to still act even though you're scared or to still do the right thing, even though you may feel a bit afraid. 
I put a quote there in your notes from uh, Bethany Hamilton. She's a, a Christian surfer. If you guys have heard of her before, she suffered a, a shark attack and actually lost one of her arms. What's that? Soul Surfer. Yeah, you remember that movie came out years ago? And so she suffered this horrific shark attack, which probably would traumatize you pretty well, survived it, and then afterwards was able to relearn surfing. And the bigger thing is to think about that she actually had the courage, right, to go back out into the water and to start surfing again, now with one arm and on top of it going back into the water where this very horrific event happened where she was attacked by a shark. And, and she said this in a quote, and it's about our subject, courage. If you look at it in your handout, she says, courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. So there's a perfect example of that. You don't let fear stop you. You're willing to act even though you feel threatened by danger or risk or maybe even things like disapproval, but you persevere through the hardship when you feel intimidated. You keep going forward because it's about exercising bravery even when maybe there may be some risks involved or there may be some danger involved because of a higher, more important purpose. Again, probably one of the clearest illustrations we can all think of, like we just referenced, of exercising courage would be something like a man going into a combat zone in military conflict, right? I don't care who you are. If there are guns being fired at you and bombs going off around you, it's going to take a little bit of courage. I don't care how much training you've received. It's still going to take courage, is it not, to push past your fears and your anxieties to enter into a combat zone if you're a soldier in war. So there's a perfect example of what courage really looks like. Sometimes courage looks like maybe confronting someone over what's wrong. And maybe to confront somebody over what's wrong or to confront something that's going on that's wrong, you may know, man, if I do this, this person's going to get really angry when I confront them, or this person may get very offended, or they may actually really attack and freak out on me if I confront them over something they're doing wrong, right? So you may feel a little bit of angst or anxiety or fear, but what's courage? Courage is saying if they're doing what's wrong, the right thing is to confront them, and so I'm not going to be paralyzed in fear. I'm going to encourage. I'm still going to confront what they're doing is wrong because it's the right thing to do. And so if I love them, I'm going to say something to them, right? So, for example, you know somebody that's doing something wrong or they're heading down a path. Maybe they're starting to do drugs or they're in a wrong relationship or they're just doing things that clearly you're thinking, man, that is not going to end good for him. I mean, he is going to drive down that road and eventually there's going to be a major collision. He's on a wrong course. If we really love someone, right, rather than be afraid of how they might respond to us, Instead, we would say, I'm going to push past that fear and I'm going to confront them. You can't control somebody, right? They, they may still do what's wrong. And, and I can tell you that from a pastoral perspective, guys, lots of times I've had to kind of confront somebody when I see them heading down a really wrong path. And in love, you try and confront them. Hey, that this you're not heading the right direction, man. I'm worried for you. That's going to be a major car crash down the road. And there are times where I've confronted people, but guess what they do? They don't get off the exit ramp and reroute and turn around. They just keep blazing down the highway. And then sure enough, they end up crashing and there's a bunch of pain and problems and hardship. So we can't control what people do, but we can push past our fears and love because sometimes maybe you might confront someone and it's awkward or hard. They may not even respond good, but 
What if you end up being the one that saves them and they say, even though they respond to you this way or that way, if they, hey, thank you so much for confronting me, and you, you may spare them. And you may protect them from doing something really destructive. Sometimes I think courage looks like just being willing to stand up to do what's right. Maybe it's obeying God when you know you might be rejected by other people because you do what's righteous and others are doing something else. And it takes courage sometimes to obey God. Maybe if you're going to be ridiculed by other people you work with or maybe you're mocked by other people around you for trying to be a faithful Christian and obey God in somewhere. I think it takes courage to carry onward when it seems like it's impossible to succeed. And sometimes we're facing a situation and it just looks like the only way this is going to end is failure. And sometimes there's that fear of, I don't even know how I'm going to succeed, but you bravely exercise courage and you keep trying. Maybe even when something looks horribly bad and you want to give up, or you want to just hide, or you don't want to face the obstacles or challenges. Uh, maybe you feel uncomfortable, intimidated, because like I said earlier, maybe that's something you've never done before. That can cause us fear and anxiety, where it just seems like, man, I don't even know what I'm doing. And it, But courage says, I know I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm scared, and I've never done this before, but I know I'm supposed to do this. Or I know it's the right thing. So you exercise that courage to take the step and try something even though you've never done it before and you're scared, but you know it's the right thing. And that's courage. And that's an admirable thing because you care more about doing the right thing than you do giving into your fears. And that's a, a very admirable thing. I put a quote there in your uh, handout there as well from Franklin Roosevelt, a uh, president from many years ago. And he says exactly what I'm conveying here. Look at it. He says, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment of that something else is far more important than fear. Doesn't that make a lot of sense? Mm -hmm. The assessment that something is far more important than fear itself. And so therefore, because something else is far more important, you press forward in courage. So as men, again, God wants us to exercise courage because we're called at times to hold the line. And as men, I believe part of the reason God has given to us this thing we call masculinity, which is a part of being a male, masculinity, part of the reason God has given that to us is for this area at times to have courage and to embrace difficult tasks, to face hard and intimidating things and still do what's right. So in connection to this, what we would say on the opposite end of that, the opposite end of courage would be what? It's another C word I'm looking for here. What's the opposite of courage? Cowardice. Cowardice, right? And what does it mean to be cowardly? In your words, what would you, what would you define somebody as cowardly as? Succumbing to fear. Succumbing to fear? All right, anybody else got another idea? An example or something you could think of? Yeah, what's up? responsibilities. Say that loud, that's a real good one. What's that? Avoiding responsibilities. Right, avoiding responsibilities, right? Maybe you know that you have certain responsibilities, but because of fear or whatever, you just it's too hard or it's too difficult. You kind of give up and, or you, you don't in, uh, embrace your responsibilities. So again, this is really important. When we're talking about courage, that means this, that we don't want to exercise cowardice, and that is an option. And, and let me put this thought in your mind, guys, because this, this is the reality. Cowards will always selfishly preserve their own well-being. That's what it means to be a coward. Right? If somebody were to be a coward on the battlefield, it's because they want to exercise and preserve their own well-being so they act like a coward 
and they don't help and do the right thing with the rest of the troops around them, right? That's, that's cowardice. And that same thing applies in all the different areas of life. To be cowardly is to selfishly preserve what's best for you. I don't want to do that because it's hard, or I'm afraid to do that because I might fail. Or So a coward is always going to think about themselves before they think about others, and we don't want to be as men cowards where we're abandoning those who need us, right? There are those who need us in our life, and there are certain responsibilities. Maybe it's family who's depending upon us. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's children someday. It's people are relying on us. Cowards abandon their post. That's what cowards do. Those who have courage face their fears and they work through things in maturity and they're loyal to help others. And as men, we need to have a little bit, as I said earlier, we need to have a little bit of steel in our backbones. That's a lot of times what men are lacking. I've met many men in my life who they may be seemingly physically courageous. They'll get in a ring and you know swing fists with somebody else. Uh, and I guess that's a degree of courage. But then the same men, I know some of the same men who would be willing to do some of that kind of stuff, they're completely cowards in other areas of their life. And they have no backbone internally. They don't do what's right and face their fears in regards to maybe being faithful in their marriages or their families or areas where they need to push through fears and do the right things and be responsible. And as men, we don't want to fall prey to that. We want to have courage rather than be cowardly. 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen. Can one of you guys read that out loud? That's in your notes there. Read that one out loud nice and loud, somebody for me. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Yeah. To me, that's a good man verse there. I just like what it says. Watch, stand fast in the faith means hold the line. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave and be strong. You know, as an older man, when Paul was speaking to Timothy, who was younger than him, he wants to kind of encourage Timothy because in the Bible, the scriptures record Timothy as somebody who kind of struggled with passiveness sometimes, and he was kind of prone to getting intimidated and look in your notes there, 2 Timothy 1.7, what Paul said to Timothy, who struggled with being a little bit timid at times and passive. He said to him, 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. So God says to young Timothy, speaking to him as an older man to a younger man, he says to him, Timothy, when you have a spirit within that starts to be ruled by fear, he says to him, that's not from God. That's from your humanity. He says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So when you have a spirit within that's afraid and fearful, that's not of God. And then he says, what is of God? He says, for God has given us a spirit of what? Power of love and of a sound mind. In other words, God inspires within us a spirit of power. We might say a spirit of influence. God wants us to have a spirit that powerfully influences other people. God wants us to have a spirit of love that is a spirit of concern for the welfare of other people over just our own welfare. And he wants us to have a spirit that is of a sound mind. The idea there is self-controlled, not scatterbrained, the ability to to kind of have self-control and take control of your thoughts. And boy, is that not really important in the area of courage, that you got to take control of your thoughts. Yes, I'm afraid. Yes, I feel terrified. But... There's something more important than just my fear. So therefore, I'm going to control these thoughts and I'm going to move forward 
and do the right thing. I think in essence, Paul was just trying to say to Timothy as a younger man, Timothy, there is no room for fearful excuse making. And that's what we can all fall prey to very easily if we're not careful. Fearful excuse making. And a lot of times when we make excuses, it's really us just giving in to our own fears in certain areas. So as a man who knows that we're supposed to live for God and serve God, unlike worldly men, I want to say to you guys this morning, have courage to be who you're intended to be. Have courage to be who you are, the real you, not the, let me put on an image in front of everybody else here. Have courage to be the real you all the time. No matter who you're with, what friend group, who you're among, who's putting pressure on you, you have courage to be the real you all the time. Consistently, like we've talked about in other areas in our you know, messages together, have that integrity to be somebody who has courage to always be the same person, the real you, all the time. And also, I want to say, have courage to embrace, here's another area that's hard sometimes, have courage to embrace when you're wrong. That's an area where sometimes it takes courage because we're proud and we're fearful to admit we're wrong or to apologize when we do what's wrong. I want to encourage you as a man, have courage to embrace when you're wrong. There are going to be times when I'm wrong where you're wrong. Have courage when you do what's wrong. Admit it. Apologize for it. Take ownership of it. Don't hide it and stuff it away because you're afraid of the consequences. I'm telling you guys that is a path towards shipwreck when you do what's wrong blow the horn on yourself embrace the responsibility work to change and don't let yourself start excuse making another area i encourage you to have courage is this is standing up for others when it's the right thing to do as a protector or a defender i put in your notes there proverbs 31 verse 8 and 9 look what it says he says proverbs 31 8 9 speak up for those who cannot Speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So there may be times, whether it's for a sister or a younger brother or a friend or just in a situation we find ourselves where God is calling us to have courage to assist those who need assistance or to protect others out of our love and welfare for them when they're being mistreated in some way. So again, we don't want to shrink back ever in any way from our adult responsibilities as a man. That, that's the, the whole heart and emphasis why this has been upon my heart to do this with you guys is that as young men, you guys don't remain perpetual boys, but that you, you embrace your manhood. I want to see you embrace your manhood and not stay a perpetual boy your whole life. That is a big part of the problem of many men who become dysfunctional men is they remain perpetual boys and they never embrace their manhood and become the man that God intends for us to become and who we have the capacity to become with God's help if we simply embrace our responsibilities of manning up. You know, David here in First Chronicles 28.10, it's in your notes, he was challenging his younger son Solomon. Again, this is David now speaking to his younger son to kind of step up and embrace his destiny. First Chronicles 28.10, I put it in your notes there. He says, consider now for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. 
So again, whether it's Paul talking to Timothy, whether it's David talking to his younger son, Solomon, there's that, that exhortation, embrace your destiny as a man. Don't shrink back, step forward. And, and here really is a, is a very helpful thing. Where is courage rooted at? It's rooted in the awareness that God is with you and you're not on your own. If I had to do life on my own all the time as a man and I did not know God was with me, I would probably give in to fear a whole lot more often, right? But the awareness that God is with you, I mean, that's a majority right there. You can have an entire army against you, but if God is with you, you've already got the advantage because God is with you. Almighty and all-powerful God is able to help you. Whatever fear you face, you can push onward. Look what he says in Deuteronomy 31. These are some verses that I think give that encouragement. Deuteronomy 31 he says this, it's in your notes, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, or be afraid for the Lord, your God. Look what he says. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Now, this is again, words to Joshua, to what we were talking about at the very beginning. And you see this, don't be afraid, have courage. Why? Because the Lord, your God is the one who goes with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Maybe this other person can't go with you. Maybe your parents can't go with you as you go forward into adult life, right? But here's the thing. No matter where you go on earth, God can be with you. And God will be with you. And he's never going to leave you or forsake you. Others may not be with you. Even others, they may abandon you. But he'll never leave you or forsake you. So Moses called Joshua and said to him, be strong and of good courage for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. You shall cause them to inherit. And the Lord, he's the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you, forsake you. Do not fear, nor be dismayed. So again, there are going to clearly be times just like Joshua and like others where we are going to, guys, we're going to feel nervous about something. Maybe we feel intimidated to do something. Maybe we're afraid but what a wonderful, wonderful Bible promise. I've leaned on this many times. Can one of you guys read for me there? Isaiah 41.10. Listen to this Bible promise. It's great to hang on to when you're scared. Take a look at it. Somebody read it out loud for us. Go for it. The Lord says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that a great set of promises right there? So... If you're looking for a Bible verse to memorize or to jot down or to put somewhere where you can see it all the time, when, when you're dealing with something that is genuinely making you afraid, whether others know you're afraid or you even can admit that you're afraid or you're honestly fearful or intimidated, know that you're not acting alone. You're not alone. You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to worry about always protecting yourself or finding the strength to do something that you just don't know how you're going to find the strength to do. He says right here that God's promise is don't be dismayed. I will strengthen you. I will help you and I'll uphold you, God's saying. I'll be with you in the process. You're not acting alone. You can depend upon God when you're unable to do it yourself. And he who calls you is faithful He'll be with you and he'll do it. You don't have to do it by yourself. That's a great, great promise. So again, part of what I want to encourage you guys to do as we kind of tie up this, this time on this session is I really want to encourage you, as I have a few times throughout our time together, 
is don't neglect feeding on the word of God for yourself so that you may allow your heart to be filled with faith. Because faith is going to help you overcome fear. And really those two are they're kind of exact opposites. Faith is the ability to move forward even if something is unknown or unseen or you don't have all the answers. It's the ability to say, yet I trust God is real and God will help me. And so therefore I'm going to step forward. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm not going to give in to my fears and shrink back. You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So as you get into God's word and you feed on God's word, I'm telling you, that's what will fill your heart with faith. If you don't want to be fearful, if you don't want to be someone who shrinks back, be in God's word and God's word will continue to inspire faith in your heart. Again, if I can just by way of example, as we kind of conclude our time together in the book of Exodus, right? Second book of the Bible, Moses struggling with fear. It tells us God tells him, I'm going to send you to the people of Israel and you're going to be their deliverer and Moses was fearful they're not going to accept my leadership how do I know they're going to listen to me how do I know it's going to work out but what did he do he went through with doing what God wanted to do even though he was afraid on the front end and God blessed it you look at Moses later on it's not like he conquered his fears all one day then Moses is afraid of Pharaoh and he's thinking, Pharaoh's going to kill me. He's going to destroy me. I mean, he's Pharaoh. What, what am I going to do when I confront him with evil and tell him, let your people go? But what did Moses do? He faced his fear. He did the right thing. And God honored him by giving him uh, the courage to follow through with doing the right thing. Another beautiful example. First Samuel 17. David takes on who? Big guy. Goliath, right? <clears throat> Why does David, as a young, small boy who wasn't even out on the battlefield, his brothers were the soldiers out on the battlefield. And what are all the soldiers doing on the battlefield when Goliath comes out? They're shaking in their boots, right? They're all afraid of Goliath. And David comes out and they're all and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine, you know, defying the armies of the living God? I mean, this is this is crazy. This is ridiculous. Why is nobody standing up to this guy? He's dishonoring our God and stealing from our and, and they look at David and say, what are you, crazy? Have you noticed how big this guy is? And, and they're acknowledging their own fears. And David has courage to take on Goliath because he's so tough. No, he has courage to take on Goliath because David understood, my God can knock you down even if I can't knock you down. And with a sling and a few stones, David exercises what? Courage. And he walks forward in fear and he pushes past his fear and he overcomes and does the right thing. And because David exercised courage, he slayed Goliath, right? He overcame a giant in his own life and a giant that was threatening everybody else around him that he loved. And again, what a beautiful example, because in our lives, there are going to be things that you're going to face sometimes, guys, that are kind of like a Goliath. And it's like gigantic. And you're thinking that is terrifying and scary and is controlling and and doing things to rot. And sometimes you can take down the biggest giants in your life, the biggest fears of your life by exercising courage and knowing God's with you. When you read the book of Judges, Gideon did the same thing. The, 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 the Israelites were being controlled and oppressed and they were robbing all their food. And God goes to Gideon and Gideon is hiding away, threshing wheat somewhere hidden because he's afraid that he'll get caught and god sends a messenger to him and says you mighty man of valor 
I want you to go and deliver my people. And Gideon's looking around thinking, mighty man of valor. I don't see anybody that's a mighty man of valor in here. He's looking around. You must have the wrong address here. You sure you didn't mean maybe Gideon instead of Gideon? Maybe you got your address wrong. You came to the wrong place. But God tells Gideon, look, with me and my help, I know what I can do through your life. And though Gideon was afraid, he steps forward. God blesses what he does. And because he exercises courage, there's great deliverance. The book of Daniel, we've mentioned many times. How many times do we see Daniel showing courage, right? Daniel chapter one, everybody else is defiling themselves. And Daniel has courage to say, you know what? I don't care if everybody else is doing what's sinful and wrong. I don't want to defile myself. And you remember in the book of Daniel chapter one, Daniel doesn't defile himself. He purposes in his heart not to defile himself. And what did Daniel's three friends do? Does anybody remember? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel says, I don't want to defile myself with the alcohol and the meat offered to idols. Please, I don't want to do that. They give him his request. And then his three friends do something very interesting. Do you remember? They do the same thing. Say that louder. They do the same thing. They do the same thing. So because Daniel exercised courage, three other young teenage boys nearby him said, you know what? Hey, we're going to do that too. And all of a sudden, Daniel's courage inspires everyone else around him. Later in chapter six, he keeps praying when he's told not to pray at the threat of death. And God honors his bravery and he gets thrown into a lion's den. And again, God protects him. You know, Billy Graham made a wonderful quote. It's the last thing in your handout there. Look at this quote. And I think it ties to exactly what Josh had just said in regards to the incredible courage of Daniel and his friends. Look what he says there. Last thing on your notes. He says, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are stiffened. Isn't that a great quote? When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are stiffened. You know, there's a lot of stuff. As Billy Graham says, their courage is contagious. There's a lot of stuff that's really contagious. Is it not true one of the things that's con contagious is fear? Yeah. Isn't that just as contagious? You look in the Bible and you find the same thing. People who are fearful and then everybody else gets afraid. Or people who are acting selfish, everybody else starts acting selfish. People are complaining, everybody else starts complaining. You see it all throughout the Bible. People act cowardly, everybody else says, well, I guess I have an excuse to be cowardly and selfish too. But on the other side of that, doing the right thing is also contagious as well. And one of the most wonderful things we can do as men at times, guys, is to be the kind of men who are contagiously courageous and we stiffen the spines of other people because we inspire other people to actually have enough courage to man up and to do the right thing when nobody else has the courage to step forward and to do it. And that can be a wonderful, wonderful inspiration. We need more men, gentlemen, who are brave warriors, who have courage to serve God and to do the right thing, to stand up for what's right, to stay the course, as we talked about, to not be cowards who abandon their post or forsake their responsibilities or walk away from their responsibilities as men. We don't want that. We want to be those who have courage and aren't cowards. And by God's grace, may he give us, and I believe he can, the power of his Holy Spirit to be able to exercise courage and to man up in this very important area that can make us have a great influence 
as men. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for these young men, Lord, just so blessed and thankful for them to take the time that they have, even throughout this entire year, Lord, to, to be here.